It says, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him and to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up unto the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Lord, I love you and praise you for this day. And I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move upon us. Lord, help us, dear God, as we minister your word to your people. And God, I'm going to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. We're praying for Tim. And uh, Tim, amen, uh, Tim, is, uh, Tim is eating now. So he's eating soft foods. So we are excited about that. Praise the Lord. But it is kind of blows your mind uh, that Tim got a stroke. Nobody at no age is exempt from getting something like this that comes upon them. Well, you think that you ought to be old before this starts happening, but no one really is exempt from that. It can happen to anyone. Praise the Lord. Um, And so he's young. And, of course, he ate right the night before. He had a salad, and uh, uh, he had had just run three miles that morning. And uh, he had never been on drugs. He's never had alcohol. Praise God. He always gave to the church all his life. Praise God. And he gave to his community. Um, Tim also cleaned the church. He was supposed to share the cleaning of the church. But every week he would come by, clean the church, text me, say, Pastor White, the church is cleaned. And then when he saw me, he'd say, did you get by to make sure it met your approval? And uh, so he always cleaned the church, praise the Lord. And it's just amazing to me because when the snowplow guy shoved the gravel because he had to plow the lot, for at least six to eight hours, Tim would take his shovel, pick the gravel up, and go out and spread it back over the parking lot because he said, I don't want the ladies to walk in the mud. Praise God. And so... Um, that is the kind of guy that Tim is. Well, Tim got a stroke. Praise the Lord. And um, sometimes it's a hard thing when you feel like we have things that come upon us that the Lord knew that it was going to come. God knew that Tim was going to get a stroke. And uh, once again, he is eating. And uh, things are going better, and he's coming around. But isn't it, it's just hard. It's hard when something happens to you, and you say, God, you knew that was going to happen. God, you knew it was coming, and you allowed it to come. You allowed that to be done to me. You allowed that sickness to come upon me. You allowed the situation that I've gone through, praise God, and... uh, We're struggling with those things, and I'm sure that Tim is struggling with those things. And it's just hard. It's hard sometimes when you say, Lord, first of all, you allowed this to come upon me, 
And second of all, Lord, I don't believe I deserve this. Praise God. I I don't believe this is something that I deserve and uh, I shouldn't have this. And and, uh, we even go into some crazy thoughts like, praise God, maybe it's because of something I've done or something that I did or something that I'm not doing. We start thinking really off-the-wall thoughts, don't we, when we get into those situations and we wonder, Lord, why? Why am I going through this? Praise God. It is a hard thing to feel like, amen, we have things that come upon us, amen, that the Lord knew. He knew this was going to come on me. He knew I'd have to struggle with this. Praise God. And he knew I was going to have to face this. Well, Jesus went to the boat that day. And he looked at the disciples and he said unto them, I want you to go. And the disciples, some of them were fishermen. They knew, praise God, that this was not a good thing. They knew, amen, that the weather did not look good. They knew it looked stormy. They knew it did not look like a good situation. But the Bible goes as far as to say that Jesus compelled them, get in the boat. Praise God, you're going. Lord, it looks like a storm. Get in the boat. Praise God. But Lord, it's not going to be good. Get in the boat. Lord, amen. It's going to be dark out there in the middle of that water. And one of the things that they believed in that day, amen, they believed, praise God, that all the spirits of hell dwelt at the bottom of the sea. Praise God. So when they was out on the water, they was the closest to Satan. Praise God. And so, that's why they thought it was a bad spirit when they saw the Lord coming unto them. Amen. And, but the Lord said, get in the boat. And they're like, Lord, this isn't a good situation. Get in the boat and get going. The Bible said he compelled them. It's the strongest Greek word that you have that he forced them to get in that boat. And we have times in our life when we realize that God forces us. To go through situations that we don't understand. A death of a loved one that was so healthy, that was sitting on the edge of the bed in the middle of the day, in the middle of the morning. Praise God. All of a sudden saying, I don't feel good. And then lean over and is gone. Praise God. A good, healthy, robust man. Praise God. Or, amen. A, a, A father like mine that you know, was a good man, a good man that I believe died before, he didn't die before his time, but you could say he died before his time. Praise God. If I wanted to be selfish, I could say that. But if I wanted what was best for him, I would be glad that he's in heaven enjoying the throne of the Lord. Praise God. But we have hard times. We go through. We wonder why. Why was it, praise God, that I had to have that accident? Amen. And now I deal with a a, a little bit of mobility problems. Why is it, praise God, that I had to have that fall and now that I'm not thinking like this? Why is it, praise God, that the scenario is that it it seemed, you know, if, if you worked it by chance, it shouldn't have worked out like this. Praise God. But it did work out like this, that I've got to deal with this. Amen. Why is it that I'm being pushed into a situation, 
amen, that I don't understand. Praise God. I've heard people, amen, ministers explain why Jesus went through what he did, what he did on the boat. Well, he put them out there because he, he, he wanted, uh, praise God, to do this. Or, he, you know, they wanted to make him king, and he tried to bring him back down to size. And I've even preached that. Praise God. And, and, and I'm not saying that's not the point. It possibly could be the point. Praise God. But what I'm talking about today is how we try to, praise God, figure God out. And how we try to, amen, understand what God is doing. Even to the point that sometimes, amen, when people are going through things, amen, we uh, discuss, well, this is why they're going through that. Th you know, well... Praise God. They, you know, they just got out of church about a year ago, and, and God is really getting them now. Praise God. Amen. Or, you know, amen. Or, you know, God, God's not happy with them, so, amen, he burnt their house down. And I'm like, ooh, God really made a mistake then because they got a quarter of a million dollars for that, and that house wasn't worth that. Isn't it true? We try to figure God out. We try to, you know, figure out what he's doing. Praise God. When it is someone else that goes through something, and you've heard me say this before, amen, when it's someone else that's going through something, we say, you know, we say, well, God is dealing with them. And when we're going through it, we say, oh, the devil is fighting us. Isn't, isn't it true? We try to figure out God. And we try to, you know, figure out what he's doing. Praise God. When a person says to you, I know what God is doing in your life. Don't believe him. People have really got messed up by some loving saint who's trying to help. Amen. And does the wrong thing by saying, I know what God's doing in your life. God is trying to make you move to East Liverpool and be in my church. That's what God's doing in your life. Praise God. I know what God is doing in your life. Don't believe them. Nobody, no one, not a one of us has the mentality to understand or do God's job. Praise God. We, it is impossible. And second of all, who am I that God would come and counsel with me? Who am I that God would have to talk over with me? Praise God. What he's going to do. Amen. Who am I? Praise God. So since I can't figure out, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 11 and verse 33, he said, all the depth and the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments. You know, we say, well, that's the judgments of God upon them. We don't have the finest idea what God's doing. I don't even begin. You say, well, God is dealing with their lives. 
you, we don't have the finest idea what God is doing. We, I don't begin to have the mentality to know fully what God is doing in my life. Let alone anyone else's lives. I don't mean, I'm going to say this was a very good spirit. But isn't it amazing the people that try to control other people's life, is, their lives are, seem to be totally out of control? I'm doing it with a loving spirit, okay? We got to real. I'm preaching something here today, and you'll get it. But we try so hard to think that we know what God is doing, and we know, you know, that God is doing this. And, 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 and here it is. You ready for this? We think we know what God is doing so much, praise God, that when we Get the idea. It'll drive us to depression. And we're so off base. We think that's why God's doing this. God's, God's punishing me. God's putting this against me. God allowed me to get this because he's after me. And we, we ain't got the finest idea what God's doing. We don't even know. We don't have the mentality to know what God is doing. Praise God. Amen. He says, oh, the depth and the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. I don't know. I don't know. And when you get a preacher that tells you he knows, praise God. He, he doesn't. I will explain this later, though. I will help you understand it later. Praise God. The riches and wisdom of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. You can't figure out what God's doing. I can't figure out what God's doing in Tim's life. I don't have the faintest idea what God's doing. And I want to tell you something. I'm not a great man of God. But I will tell you one thing. I pray fast talk to God all the time. And I try to do everything that he wants me to do. So I know, praise God, that, that I'm in touch with God. That's one thing I know. But I'm no great man. And God doesn't counsel with me. He doesn't come down and, and tell me. Someone said to me, I told you before, someone said he was, had a million-dollar deal, and he called me up and he said, Hey, preacher, I know you're a preacher. Pray that God's health. I said, Well, wait a minute. I don't, God doesn't take orders from me. I take orders from God. Praise God. Amen. He's so big. Amen. You know, I, I was going to kid you and say, I'm so smart, I know how dumb I am. Praise God. I just know. You have people that walk along, they think they know everything. Praise God. Amen. But I'm, I'm so smart, I know how dumb I am. I don't know what God's doing. That's why I need him every second. So I can make that choice. Praise God. Amen. He said, how unsearchable are his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of God? Who knows the mind of God? Who's got, you know, you, we, we have church... You know, the whites, 
Praise God. I have children here. I've got grandkids here. Praise God. We are here. We're in the church. But I want to tell you something. The whites don't have a monopoly on God. We have a relationship with God because we are in church. But we don't have a monopoly on God. Praise God. Who has known the mind of God? Who who has been his counsel? We think, oh, we tell God this, and this is what God's going to do. He doesn't counsel with us. Praise God. Who has ever given given to God, and God should repay him? We say, you ready for this? Well, God, I lived a good Christian life. I walked with God. I lived you. And then look what you're doing with me. Look what you're putting me through. As if God owed us something. God doesn't owe us a thing. Try looking at a person who's a Jew in a German jail watching their sister being molested and their family being assassinated and then look at what we're going through. And we say, oh, God, what I'm going through. And, you know, Lord, can you imagine how they felt, how they struggled? They didn't do a thing. They never put, praise God, they never put themselves in that situation. Amen. And we, we look at the Lord and we say, well, I'm a Christian. I live for God. I shouldn't have to go through this. Praise God. It's, it's just not true. Can you say amen to that? It's reality, church. The one thing I, I, I just tell you the way I think, praise God, and that is I just, it's got to be right or wrong. I'm so good on that. Uh, you know what I mean? And, but it's just the way it is. For from him and through him and to him are all things. God is everything We're just along for the ride. And to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul also tells the Corinthians. Now, he told the Romans that. He also tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2 and 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Praise God. Now, as a general situation, we know what God is doing in our lives. We generally know what God is doing. Praise God. We know by what happens to us what God is doing. Amen. In other words, when I knew that I, I knew in my mind, I just had this feeling in my mind. Praise God. Did you have an audible voice? No, I didn't have an audible voice. But I just knew in my mind that God said to me, I want you to go back to the Ohio Valley. And I was in my mind, I thought I was going to Wheeling. I was going to Wheeling, going to start a church. And I said to Christy, I said, uh, we're going back to the valley. She said, well, the Lord spoke to you, but he didn't speak to me. And I said, okay. So I went back to the Lord and I said, I guess you've got to talk to her. And then after about six months, she came up to me and she said, let's go. And so we went back to Wellsburg. And I, was, I went down, I spread all kind of cards all over Wheeling, trying to get my business going. I wanted to get it going. I wanted to get established. Then I wanted to look for a building. Not a one of them called. 
but I was getting calls from Weirton. I was getting calls from Steubenville. I was getting calls from Toronto. I was getting these calls. Brother Sharp said to me, he said, look, he said, we've got a building up in East Liverpool. It is in very bad shape, but it's something that you could think about. We came up here, my wife and I looked at it, and we said, this is it. Six inches of water in the basement. Most of the windows were falling out. Praise God. The house uh, was just in horrible shape. Praise the Lord. They fired, shot fire extinguishers all over here. They were drinking, smoking, doing all kinds of stuff. Praise God. But my wife and I said, this is what God wants us to do. So we took the church. It was $18,000 in debt. I was just starting a business. Praise God. And so we began to work at it. But God began to open doors, and God began to make way, and God began to do things. Praise God. And I began to feel more and more like this is the will of God. And today we look back and we say it is and it was the will of God. Praise God. But to say that I had an audible voice, to say that God spoke to me, all I had was a feeling that this feels right. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And so to say I have an audible voice, nope, didn't happen to me. But I knew, I, I just knew in the will of God, praise God, because I just knew. I had people that have said, that walked away, that said they tried to get me to take that dumb, but I wasn't going to take it. And today they say, you got a nice situation here. Yeah, well, I just was on the train with God. That's all. He's the driver. He did it. I can't look back and say, I'm a successful man because I knew that God was the one that got me where I'm at. How can I take the glory for that? And so, praise God, to know the mind of God. Amen. Our mind, our lives are so vast that you're not going to figure it out. So what is the answer, Brother White? You see, the bottom line is, you don't have to know. You just got to trust God. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to figure out what God's doing in your lives. I don't have to figure out what God's doing in my lives. All I have to do is trust him. Live for it. Praise God. I'll never figure it out. He didn't give me the mentality to figure it out. I don't know why he did what he did to some of the situations I just talked to. I could sit around and waste my hours and my moments trying to figure it out. But I'll never know. He will never tell me. I'll never be able to figure it out. I don't have the mentality to figure it out. The only thing I can do is trust God. Why, Jesus, did you make us get in the boat? Why, Jesus, did you make us get out on the water? We can sit and preach about it, and we can say, this is why, that's why, this is why. And we can hold on to that if it brings us hope and gets us through. But the bottom line is, we don't know why. The only thing we know is, we can trust him. Praise God. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, That will keep him in perfect peace. How does he do it? Whose mind is stayed on thee. How do you stay on the Lord? How do you stay in perfect peace? The rest of that scripture says, Because he trusteth in him. Why? Why did it happen? I don't know. Praise God. And I'm not going to boggle my mind over it. You know, 
it's kind of funny. Mike mentioned it, but he couldn't remember the situation. I get a text one day. I remember where I was. I was out there by Ed Clendenny's house doing a house. I get a text from Mike says, send me a picture of your driver's license. Okay. Take my driver's license, tossed it on the truck, <laughs> flipped it over, <laughs> put it in a neat text, sent it to Mike. A few minutes later, I got a text back. I'm sorry, that text was for my wife. They needed passports. Praise God. Someone said, why did you send it to him? I sent it because I trusted him. I trusted him. He's never done anything that's caused me not to trust him. I got people in my life, Mark, that I trust in the business world. If they say to me, I wouldn't do any business for that, I don't have to sit around and ask them why. Because I don't, I, they don't need to tell me why. I just know that they make good judgments and that they, if they said, I wouldn't do any more business for them or I wouldn't do any business for them, I don't. I got people in my life, all they have to do is give me some advice and they don't have to give me 99 reasons why. I just know I trust them. Right? And that's the way it is with God. I just trust him. I don't know why I'm going through it. I just trust him. We sing that song in the old times. I don't need to understand. I just need to hold his hand. I don't even have to ask the question why. Praise God. You know, years ago, when the Smiths were moving up, hey man, I, I uh, uh, went down, hey man, and I went down, I was going down, and I was, was down there flying down, and I went to fly back. They were moving, and I had to go down, help them pack, and then they were, we were all going to drive up, and then I had to uh, drive up with them. It had been four or five hours driving up, and I was probably going to drive down. But my wife and I were flying back, and we were in Dallas, Pittsburgh, Air, Dallas Airport, and uh, uh, praise the Lord, and they had overbooked a flight. And they came to me, and they said, we've overbooked a flight. And I said, wait a minute, I paid for my ticket, I'm getting on that plane. And they said, well, all you have to do is wait for four more hours. I'm not waiting four hours, I paid for my ticket. Praise God, my parents are coming to pick us up. I said, they're not waiting four more hours. I said, I am going to get on that plane. So they went down the line. And then when they got down the line, they found a couple that was willing to do it. And they said, okay, we're going to give you two free tickets to anywhere you want to go. I could have got it. Pittsburgh, flew down to Dallas, helped them load everything up, got to Dallas, flew back to Pittsburgh for eight hours instead of 24, uh, let's say 25 hours. Instead of 50 hours, it had been eight hours. But I was going to do it. I knew what God was going to do. See, we don't know what God is doing. How many times has God sent something to help you? But because you thought and I thought, we knew more than God. We tried to control it. Praise God. You see, when people are in need, God will give someone a thought or a feeling that that person, praise God. And when they're sensitive, when somebody's got a need, God will come along and he'll give somebody a feeling. God doesn't speak to us. He gives us a feeling. 
And I'm going to say it right now. You have to be careful because sometimes we have our own feelings that get intermingled with it and we get messed up. But he will give that person a feeling. He will make them have a feeling. And when they have that feeling in the spirit, praise God, and they obey the voice of God and they will help the person in need. Amen. They don't realize what is happening. They just know they may be at a, you may be at a, you may run across somebody checking you out and the Lord gives you a feeling, a word of encouragement. You don't realize it's coming. You give it to that person, but you never know that person's life because God is very private. Praise God. And you give that feeling. Some people get their own personal feelings. You know, you know, when I was a very young minister, there was a young lady that I wanted to see. She was really struggling. I wanted to see her do well. And in my spirit, in my, in my flesh, I wanted to prophesy that God was going to bless her. But looking back, it was my flesh, not, my, not my, the Holy Ghost. So God will give someone a feeling. It'll be an emotion. And that person will begin to try to help someone. But it does, you got to be careful because sometimes it is you're wanting it to be more than God, praise God, giving you that feeling. God works through people by emotions and feelings, praise God. You know, Presidents are voted in by God just making people feel a certain way or making people, it's their actions. But, and what I'm saying today is I'm telling you how God works with you. But on the other hand, praise God, God does not, amen, uh, uh, God is private in his way. A preacher can get up and preach, and I know what I'm doing today is from God. But who it's for, I don't know. Okay. So God does not reveal, or God does not, he won't, you know, open your life up to me. Now, I can be talking, you can be talking. I, talk, I was talking to a guy one time, and I was talking about alcoholism, and he got very upset about alcoholism. And I simply said to him, one of your parents was probably an alcoholic. My dad was. And I could have said to him, God revealed that to me. But God didn't reveal that to me, and some people will do that. But God didn't reveal that to me. His actions revealed that to me. I was talking to a woman one time, and she was very upset. She, was not, she did not like men. And I realized that she was violated by a man. And I said, you've been violated by men. Did God tell you that? I could have said, yeah, God told me that. He spoke to me last night. He sent it to me in a registered letter. But he didn't do that. He let me feel it. And what I'm saying to you today is, I'm showing you where the dividing line is between us and God. So if somebody messed you up, or somebody hurt you in some way, they may have really lovingly been trying to help you, but they're kind of messed up of where they should be on it. But I'm telling you, God will give you that feeling. Don't get the idea that God talked to me, God told me. God did this. God did that. If he did, amen, he's the biggest tattletale. He's the biggest, un, uh, you know, he's not. 
you get a feeling. And you, and, and, and you feel that. You say that. You walk away and you'll say, why did I say that? Praise God. As a preacher, I get up and I preach. And I know what God wants me to say. And I say it. But I'm telling you, God's the one that's still in control. That's why I have to trust Him. That's why, praise God, it's all up to God. He takes care of all that. I don't take care of any of that. He does. I get up and I preach. Amen. I bring the Word of God. Amen. I tell you what God, what, what, that's what the Lord saith. And I know, praise God, when I'm speaking from God where He's supposed to be speaking from. Amen. And then I, I'm done. Now, if I see something that causes me to think, that must have been for so-and-so. That must have been for that one. That must have been for that one. But I'm telling you, a preacher gets up here, God doesn't tell him an individual person. At least not me. Praise God. Praise God. Because the one God uses will never know that that person, he, man, he doesn't break that confidence. You see, when I'm preaching, he lets me know. Knowing the will of God comes from a feeling. You want to know the will of God? It comes from the feeling in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You remember a couple weeks ago or a month ago I was preaching, you know, I just feel like something's going to happen. Praise God. I just feel like something's going to happen. Is that a prophecy? I don't, I don't know. God didn't tell me something was going to happen. I just feel like it. Maybe a lot of it's got to do with what I'm seeing. Praise God. But on the other hand, amen, what I'm saying is, I'm saying that I don't know. It's dangerous when you think you know. Praise God. When I'm fixing something and I think I know what the problem is, I'm overlooking it. When someone, when an investigator is investigating someone else's murder and they think the person they've got is it they feel like it's 100% they got a closed mind when you think you know what God's doing praise God it can really mess you up you have to trust him every day and say okay lord i thought we were going to buy the property behind us here but it didn't work out we bought the property next door how many things in your life you thought that's what god's got for me and it didn't work out because you see, here's what it's like. Have you ever had a lantern in the middle of the night? And you're walking. We used to go, we used to go fishing. And some of the places we went fishing, amen, we had to go through the woods in the middle of the night. Praise God. And we used to go down to the river, and I'd take Charlie. He was 80. I was like 19, 20. Not even that, maybe. We'd go down to the river. Charlie was blind, so he'd grab me by the back of the belt. Hey, man, we'd go through the woods with this lantern, getting to the river. And we'd sit down there in the middle of the night, and he would holler, kitty, 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 as he was fishing for them catfish. Praise God. But we'd walk that lantern in the middle of the night. Hey, man, and I would look out, and that thing looked like a bear. When I got to it, it ended up being a stump. That thing looked like a snake, but when I got to it, it was a stick. But the one thing I do remember, and that was that lantern gave me enough light that I knew what was right here. 
And the Bible talks about the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is the thought, the pattern, the plan. Whatever God's word is. He speaks things into existence all the time. It's the thought, the word, the pattern, plan. And the Bible said, the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet. You might not know what your future holds. And don't waste your time figuring it out. Because all I got the mentality for is the moment. And I know right now, everything's going to be all right. You know, you can get down and out, praise God, about what is going to happen in the future. Or you can get so excited about what God's doing right now. Right now. You, you got, we got to quit doing God's business because we can't do that. Right now, Lord. Right now. This is what you got for me right now. You know, Jesus pulled the children up to him and he said, unless you're like the children. The children don't worry about what they're going to eat, where they're going to sleep, where they're going to go. All they know is little Hunter. Tractor ride after tractor ride, praise God. He wants a boogie ride after boogie ride. He wants M&Ms and after M&Ms, praise God. He wants to play tractor in the playroom. I mean, it just never stops. Praise God. And, and a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I know what the next step is going to be. I know what the next step is going to be. You see, God gives a direction for the church through the pastor. God gives a direction to the family through the man. God gives a direction for the home through the woman. You see, we become afraid, and then we, you know, there's times when we get fearful and we say, that's a bad spirit. That person's got a bad spirit. That's a bad spirit. And really, you're not feeling the spirit of that person. You're feeling the spirit of fear. And you think it's that person. You say, well, that person has got a bad spirit. That person has got a bad... I just don't feel good about that person. And really, what you're not feeling is, you're not feeling the spirit of that person. You're feeling the spirit, praise God, of fear. And you think it's that person. Because, do you realize this? If you have fear, you don't have God. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. So if you're scared, be careful what you're feeling. Because when you're scared, God isn't present. So if the devil can make you afraid, you know, it's kind of cute. I was going to tell you the story. I've got a couple of minutes. Praise God. One, one early Friday, Saturday morning or Sunday morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, amen, I took Christy up to the hospital. It was pretty bad in Pittsburgh. And they had us all over the hospital. And then finally, praise God, because the hospital was locked down, I had to go out the back of the hospital, and I had to go down the alley. Now, generally, if I'm going through an alley with a, a lady or a woman or something, I'm concerned that she might be a little nervous about me. But this woman, I was nervous about her. She was one tough-looking lady. And she was walking behind me. And when I crossed the street, she crossed the street. 
And when I came back, she was about 10 feet, 15 feet behind me. I was, I was concerned. I was nervous. I wasn't worried about her anymore. But fear, fear can, can come on you. When you've got fear, you don't got God. Remember that. And you say, well, praise God, I, 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 I just felt, I didn't feel a good spirit about that guy. Well, you felt fear. That's what you were fearing. Praise God. Because when you have fear, amen, you, you, when you have the spirit of fear, the Bible says you don't have power. There's no power. Second of all, amen, there's no love. You don't love someone when you fear them. Third of all, you don't have a sound mind. You will make bad decisions. So you have to be careful. So when you're wanting to really check and pray about someone, you pray and fast for them. Say, Lord, I'm going to pray and fast for them. And get in the Holy Ghost so that spirit of fear is gone. You don't afraid of them anymore. You don't afraid of what they're going to do. You don't afraid. And you need to be cautious of people. Don't get me wrong. Praise God. Amen. But it takes... It, you know, sometimes it takes more faith to trust God to do what he's going to do than to trust him for what you want him to do. You know what our prayers ought to be? Our prayers ain't ought to go to God and tell him what we want him to do. Our prayers are to go to God and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What is your direction? We've got a church down here. We would love to go somewhere else and be more seen, have more. But God, it's your church. You're going to have to open the door. You're going to have to do what you want to do. Praise God. And that's the way you've got to do with your life. Say, Lord, you do what you want to do. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We get... Too, and, the, and the big thing is, we get too wrapped up in this world. Philippians 4 and 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, in other words, let your moderation be uh, evident to all. In other words, praise God. Live the kind of life to where everybody says, well, he's just moderate. He's just moderate. The Lord is near when you do that. Do not be anxious about anything. What this scripture is talking about, and I'm, I'm going to close. I'm not going to have a wrap. I'm not going to have a. I'm not going to have any altar call today. What this scripture says is, this scripture says that we need not get too wrapped up in this world, to where when the devil or when things start to rip worldly things out of our hand, all of a sudden we're angry with God. Praise God. We get possessions, and possessions are like a tree. It digs roots in us. You know, I looked outside, and I saw a tree outside my window when we bought our home. And I said, that tree's a nice tree, but that tree's going to get so big, and one day it may come down on my house. And so rather than take a huge tree down, I took a small tree down. There are things that start up in your life, amen, and although they're simple and they're easy, look at your life today. There are grandkids that you may have, praise God, 
It would be hard. You know, and I'm just going to close with this as an example. Lot went down in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he went down there with his wife and his kids. But his kids met other people. They got married. They had grandkids. And praise God. And what started out as a little thing in Sodom, praise God, became a huge thing. And when, when Lot had to leave Sodom, praise God, it was a horrible thing because now he has grandkids. I can't imagine any grandma leaving a, 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 a city whose grandkids are back there burning with fire and brimstone. But it all started. So we have to be careful that this world doesn't get so wrapped up with us and become so important to us that we don't really sing that song, this world is not our home. But the bottom line is, we just got to say, you're in charge, God. You're in charge. I don't understand. I don't understand why. Jesus made him get in the boat. I don't understand why God has done some things in my life and seen some things in my life. I don't understand. But the deal is, I don't need to understand. I just need to know that God will take care of me. That's all I know. God will take care of me. God will watch over me. Peter, you want to walk on the water? Come on. Peter, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on the water. But the Bible said when he looked at the troubles, he began to sink. And you may not understand what God is doing. And don't try to figure it out, church. Praise God. Only say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. If God was to send me a text Send me a picture of your driver's license. I'd get my driver's license out, put them right there, get my phone out. Here you go. I just trust. I trust you, Lord. I understand there's people you can't trust. But I'm telling you, you can trust God. Let's stand. I'm excited about tonight, aren't you? Praise God. How many trust the Lord? You really trust the Lord? Praise God. Amen. Lord, I love you and I praise you, Jesus, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your presence and your spirit. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. Bring us back tonight, dear Lord, and let us have a great service in you. And God, I'm going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you're going to do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?